lot. Caribbean people can chat. The Style and Vibes Podcast, Episode 2. Welcome to the Style and Vibes Podcast with me, Michaela. I'll be giving you the inside scoop on music, fashion, culture, and more from Caribbean celebrities and tastemakers across the globe, pushing our culture with authenticity and, of course, style and vibes. Food is a huge part of Caribbean culture. I'm super proud and excited to have this episode of the Style and Vibes podcast sponsored by Kalaloo Box. Started by Trini sisters Malika and Jamila, based here in the U.S., Kalaloo Box is a subscription box dedicated to Trini seasonings, condiments, hot pepper sauces, and snacks. Their monthly themed box creates a nostalgic feeling of being back home. You don't have to wait till your friend them forget something for you and bring it back in. You can even purchase the items that you like from the box on their online shop. Visit Kalaloobox.com and check the show notes for more details. We're celebrating Caribbean American Heritage Month here on the Style and Vibes Podcast, Episode 2. My special guest today is Carrie Ann Reed Brown, the founder of Carry On Friends Podcast. She is extended style and vibes family, and we've collaborated many of times before. Excuse us while we're chatting off, but keep it fun as we talk about celebrating our Caribbean heritage. Welcome, Carrie Ann Reed Brown of Carry On Friends. <laughs> Why? You know, you, when you and your daughter use my full name, I find it funny. But anyway, yes, thank you for having me, darling. <laughs> well, Carrie, you, you and I have a great re- working relationship. We've been kind of working together over the last few years. So this is definitely going to be an easy conversation as we are talking about Caribbean Heritage Month. Um, since this is happening during a, a key time for us, what do you think about people who are celebrating Caribbean heritage on a daily basis? Why, why would the month itself be important, especially like for people like us who are kind of in the know and happening and that kind of stuff already? Why is this month important? Why do you think it's important? So, so believe it or not, right? We, you know, there's a lot of contributions Caribbean Americans have made, not just on their, you know, their local island country, but in the U.S. and globally. And it's an opportunity to take that time to make that recognition that we've, we've contributed so many, the Shirley Chisholm's, the Harry Belafonte's, and, you know, more contemporaneously, you know, you have people, the Rihanna's, the Nicki Minaj, as an opportunity to educate other people about our culture and to give that visibility. And also it is, you know, we take for granted, you and I have, you know, as, as we say, Yankee Pitney. And it's also an opportunity for them to, to, with the additional festivities going on, so they could be more immersed because they take it for granted living in the house with us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is something that they can use to, to learn more about their culture and themselves. And I think that, you know, being recognized is important as also part of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Building community. Because as much as it's been around since what, 2005, not many people know that it is a month. It is a thing. So there's a lot more work to do around the recognition of the month, but it's also knowing where else is having, you know, activity. So I, um, I know being part of the the, the month celebration activities, knowing what's happening. I'm like, there's stuff going on in Vegas. And yes, I know Caribbean people all over, but you're mm-hmm. like, really? 
a, a, that much of one out in Vegas that to have this whole thing going on. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and I know it sounds away, but when you're over here in Brooklyn, the Mecca of the Moar in New York area, <laughs> it almost, you know, it's almost like, you know, and I should know this because I lived in Wisconsin and whenever people said Jamaicans are West Indian, I'm like, yes, Chicago is right there. So I know people are there, but it's always this amazing feeling to discover like, oh my God, there's really a large population here mm-hmm. or there are places you never think of. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of it that way, we're spreading the culture even bigger and further out of the region than anyone could ever imagine. And, you know, there's a New York flair to Caribbean culture and I'm sure there's going to be a Vegas flair to Caribbean culture. So I think it's important that, you know, as a month collectively, you know, celebrate and recognize how different people and parts of the country are celebrating, you know, the month. Um, yeah. Cause even I saw that there, I saw that there was a um, San Francisco carnival and it's something I had never even heard of. So I was like, yeah, we must be deep over this. Um, but I think it's interesting to kind of, you know, we bring our culture wherever we go and there's different pockets, whether it be here in the U S in Canada, in Europe, it's all over in Asia. You know, they have all these different kind of events you have in, you know, a carnival in, in Japan, those kinds of things. So I, I think the, the more we kind of space out the diaspora becomes, the ambassador to the the region. So how do you think that, you know, the Caribbean region and its diaspora can kind of almost play off of each other in that sense? I mean, I think they're already doing that now. I mean, Caribbean culture worldwide, it's influencing a whole bunch of things. And what you're seeing is this integration of the culture. And, and, and I think this is also the part where people kind of get concerned. There's a, such an integration with the culture that, for instance, in Toronto, have my friends in Toronto and no, Ravan, I'm not moving to Toronto. I love it, but it's cool. Um, every Toronto. time, yeah, every time he's like, you see, so when you move into Canada, I'm like, mm-mm. But anyway, um, like for instance, Toronto, it's the culture is so much embedded and it's mixed in and mashed in that now it's, it's, it's so part of the Toronto culture that it's like, you know, people tend to fit. That's why the Drakes and the Justin Bieber's can do certain things. And, and even to an extent, the weekend can do and say and be certain things. And it's, it's almost like I said, well, that's kind of how they talk because it's so embedded mm-hmm. in that city and part of that culture. And so mm-hmm. this is what's happening worldwide. And, and I think when you hear it, like I can, I can mostly speak to dancehall, not that I, I can, I don't listen to soca, but when you hear when, you know, when, and, and this has always been the case of dancehall artists, when they're singing song, they will big up Toronto and they will big up all of these places because they know that when they travel to these, to these cities, they're, they're, they're getting influenced. They're, they're, they're observing how Jamaicans in New York are, you know, Caribbean people in New York or Caribbean people in Toronto or Caribbean people in Atlanta. They, they observe how people in different cities do different things. And some of that they take back with them. And so at some point, it's just this natural bi-directional flow of influence and culture that it gets sometimes very hard to see, you know, which way, like there's some probably things to like, 
why did Spice choose Atlanta versus New York, right? And I'm sure that has to do with so many things that may be more aligned with where she was going. Yes, she'll come visit New York. So I think that is how it's already happening, a bi-directional influence mm-hmm. of, of the culture from city, you know, not just like U.S., but from a city to city perspective, mm-hmm. you know, from a country to country perspective. And I have inside knowledge of the, the future interviews coming up. So, you know, a future guest kind of alluded to this, you know, based on the future, you know, the performance and where is better. And, and that I think is more indicative of, you know, how the culture is carried and mm-hmm. what they prefer, you know, so. so. So do you think that the kind of integration is is watered down or is it just evolving? It's evolving and it's different, right? The same way we can say, I like roti or jerk chicken from this shop here versus that the shop. That's kind of really what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. It's different based on who is serving it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that it's not, it's bad or it's good. It's just a different flavor. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. So in terms of the next generation, so, you know, I was born here. Both my parents are of Caribbean descent, born in Jamaica. You know, Ethan is growing up in that same, will we'll grow up with that same mentality. You know, Sanai will grow up with that same, and these are our kids, sorry. <laughs> um, so, you know, in terms of, you know, taking that into the next generation and, you know, them having that same care and respect for the cultural contributions. What do you think that how that will, how will that evolve and how will we keep them engaged on a regular basis? Like how we were, or at least how I was coming up. So I can say this for me and you, music is life. For real though. Music is life. And, you know, um, everything. Listen, 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 listen. Hey, before we go on the call, I was ready for draw the Admiral Bailey by back, you know, for, for vibes up the call and thing. But anyway, music is life. And the first connection to culture is music. Like, you know, as you know, I just have my like a three month old and I sing and I play music. Not that me can't sing, but you know, you're supposed to do all of these things. And, I, and that is, you know, in addition to language, mm-hmm. you know, music is the next exposure, you know, my kids have. So my daughter, you know, she's not really in the culture like that, but she gets back around it. So I remember she had liked, you know, the Bobby Brown Jr., um, Damian Marley, beautiful, and she liked the Etana worry I love because I was singing it and she hears certain things but then at one point she had her Drake phase and so she comes back around the culture that way because you know Drake I call people you know charge yeah all of that mm-hmm. so she comes back around that way whereas my Ethan my dancer everybody had a dancer but my Ethan a dancer right Ethan what I don't know what was happening and one day we were watching a video because Ethan loves to dance. You know, Ethan dance everywhere. Ethan, mm-hmm. Ethan dance to the fridge. Ethan dance to the bath. Ravers with the calling. <laughs> so yes, Ethan Ravers is his name now. I don't remember what happened. I can't, I honestly don't remember what happened. But we were watching the BBC One Extra 
um, performance or a special with Ding Dong and Ravers and Ethan saw it, my gosh, now that thing is on repeat in my house because Ethan studied it. Ethan watches all of the Ding Dong videos. Uh, I know how it started. So it was through Boys Girls Champ situation. You know how Jamaicans mm-hmm. go crazy for their running. And it was Calabar, again, took boys, you know, champs. And there was this whole, like, flash mob type dance scene where they, they were dancing to um, Dweet, you know, Ding Dong and the Rivers dance. And, and Ethan was just like, let me see it. And he was watching it. So because he wanted to watch it and the clip was about, like, maybe a minute, I had to find an extended version because he wanted to watch it. And I knew what he was seeing was only a portion of that song or the dance. So that's how we came up uh, on the BBC one extra video which which i love that programming anyway because they the one with coffee and um chronics and mm-hmm. the the ones with luton and stitch like that whole programming i love it and so ethan now has found all of ding dong video them and ethan practices all of the dancing until recently his school had like um so he was at school let me share the video with you michaela so I've recorded videos of Ethan doing his fling for everybody. And he recently did a performance at school. He was part of a performance at school. And Ethan was adding ding-dong swag wallop in the the whole thing. And you're my husband. You see where you start? And I'm like, after all, you know, supposed to know him culture. So music, dancing by extension is just kind of how our kids will get involved. And that's part of why I love the clean version of songs. Because, you know, back in the day, I, I, I couldn't make, there's no way. And, and that's part of why Ariel, my daughter, isn't as, um, a f- she, she, she doesn't gravitate to the music as much because when she was growing up, you know, there weren't like specific clean versions of songs the way, not like over here where Hot 97 or whichever one of these radio stations bleep out songs in Jamaica specifically, there has to be a cleaner version to the song where there's no beeps or bleeps in it. So she came up in a, um, in a, in a time where, you know, there weren't really many songs that I could play that were clean that she would say, oh, okay, I know the song. Mm-hmm. My son Ethan has that privilege so we can drive in the car and play certain songs. You know, I could, in, back in the day, I could drive in the car with a sing, blah, 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 or whatever. But as soon as the picnic come, I care for turn off music because, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. was, it wasn't appropriate. And, so and- now the benefit of having this type of music, now Ethan can sing it. Are there some adult language still in there? Yes, but I'm too young for understand. And the same way we were too young to understand when little Lenny was singing a uh, Sata song or certain mm-hmm. song. Like, when we look back and say, really, and Julia, that moon they sing. So, you know, like for him, it's just really music and it's, and it's, it's, they, they see it part of pop culture mm-hmm. now. So now it's almost like, well, oh yeah, my mother talks like that in the house. I'm my daddy, I'm my sister, I'm my grandmother. And mm-hmm. so now they're making these connections early it mm-hmm. may not have meaning but they're making the connections early so now when they're hearing a song and somebody you know if they if they're listening to ariana or somebody and they they say something that they know is deliberately caribbean they could pick up on it and mm-hmm. say oh you know mommy says that and ethan will come back and say i hear this song so they're recognizing it and i think it's language is first for any anyone but it's music and then mm-hmm. you know language and food and music you know, because I'm off to eat food. Sometimes I'm not eating. It's like, I don't want that. 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's really through music and dance mm-hmm. most of, and, and, and depending on the child for some, it might be music for some, it might be food, but for my picnic, me know it is straight dancing. So I have to make sure I find all the dance videos. And the thing about dancing for me, cause me used to, me used to could I do a one move, you know, the, the dancing now, a lot of it is like, we call, it, there's, there's definitely woman dance and you have man dance. And then there's dance in between that both can do and i don't want to even go into the whole but man dance are clearly dance where as woman if you're gonna do it in a sneakers and pants i do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you can't dress up and dance and for my very active son ding dong style of dancing and you know maybe other people he's exposed to over time Mm -hmm. you know it it fits better with his style whereas with my daughter should i look and say uh i don't know about all that you know and so (laughs) You know, and which is what I personally would love to see in dance hall to kind of have a, a, a kind of a, a type of dance where me in a cute heels and dress can do without the extra over exerting myself mm-hmm. the way that you did have like pepper seed. If you know, you never have to do it all the way, but you can do like a dainty, you know, or you can do the Jerry Springer cute wise, you know, them type of thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. we don't go too far in the culture, but yes, that's. <laughs> So, so really dancing. Yeah, go the angel dance soon. Dog. Yes, that's the angel. And you know, the whole, you know, signal playing, you know, those little things that are very, you know, th- because that's also the way you incorporate parts of the audience, you know, because some dance look very overwhelming for people. Mm-hmm. In a high school, I would be all the way on general box. But no, Lord Jesus, no, me too old for that. So no, you know, but again, to your original point, dancing, music, and depending on, you know, the interest, you, mm-hmm. there's always food, you know, adding, you know, modern flair to, mm-hmm. you know, traditional cuisine, that type of thing. So I think there are different ways that your children can um, embrace the culture, but it depends on your child's interest. You yeah, know? I, I think I agree. I think for me, music was probably the biggest influence in terms of me having that natural interest in in my own culture you know I remember you know my mom playing all kind of you know she played steel pole she played Bob Marley you know Peter Tosh she played everything she played dub so it make it like I, I remember going to school for the first time and I'm like I didn't know that there were other music <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know you're, you're driving mommy care you can't touch your I only knew, you know, what was being played in the house, you know, the different foods that we ate. Like I didn't really, it wasn't until I went to school that I kind of started to understand, oh, like, you know, there are significant differences um, between, you know, what I have interest in and what other people have interest in. And it kind of allowed me to even go a little bit deeper like I remember you know going to my first Beanie Man concert I remember yes. hitting the parkway for the first yo Mr. Beanie Man let me tell you <laughs> I love Beanie Man now going to tour this is before Beanie Man have dreads yes after Kali oh no I remember this so much because I remember it distinctly because there's this place in in New Haven called Toad's Place and it, it it's a it was, I don't even know if I technically should have been there, but it was open to everybody. <laughs> Miss it on, on right on the stage, like to the side. Beanie Man had his hair slicking up one ponytail. Remember when the, the Jerry Curl did it? Yes, I remember that. Beanie Man have on a purple 
like the enough girl in a bongo face yeah, with, with the shoulder pads in my van in black patent leather shoes with no socks <laughs> like and, and it was like for me i was just like I, you know i i was singing every song i was you know i, yeah. I was just dancing and it was such you know, uh, and even like, you know, my uncle, he played in a band. So I would see him and I had such an appreciation for music that I think that kind of was my gateway. So I, I totally yeah. understand, you know, music. in terms of, of the relations that you have and, and you pick one, you know, some people are more into, you know, the food or the, the fashion or just being in that space. And for me, even though I didn't grow up in Jamaica, I always when I go to Jamaica, I feel like that's home. Yes. So it, yes. It, it, yes. it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm going to worry about Wagwan and this and that and, you know, watch where you're. Of course, you have to move certain weird, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I step off the plane and I feel the air coming off when y'all walk off of the airplane and going <laughs> manly. No, they don't do that no more. But back in the day, back yes. Back in the day, yeah. But like yes. even at that stage, you know, it just felt like, you know, it just feels like home for me. So I think that, yeah, that, that whole musical connection was my personal gateway into, to, into the culture. So I, 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 I see with Ita, you know, I'm going to be a big dancer. <laughs> <laughs> big dancer, Ethan. Um, but I, I think it's important to kind of have these conversations, especially, you know, outside of, of, of just, you know, expressing it during Caribbean American Heritage Month it's important to, to, you know, spend time understanding your culture, bringing it into your household and making sure that outside of, you know, this one time frame that you kind of do it continuously. And I think it's a, it's natural for us. So, you know, I'm staying naturally inquisitive, understanding the history, understanding how the different islands kind of interact with each other. Um, I, I think it's something as I got older that I really, wanted to get to know and learn more about because you know the culture in jamaica is very different than the culture in guyana and trinidad not that it's very different but there are a lot of different nuances in terms of how we we interact so you know carnival in trinidad is definitely different than carnival in like saint lucia you know mm-hmm. you know there's a mashup happening now but I, I think that that is because of the easier access to, you Definitely. know, um, the inter-islands and, and, and social media and the internet where you can literally see everything that is happening on other islands in an in instant moment. And I think it helps, um, but it's also where, you know, you want to make sure that each island keeps their individuality and nuances of their own culture because that's kind of what makes the Caribbean and the different islands very um, spicy, you know? You keep it I different. Mean, me, me agree. I agree. I think for me, the, the importance that I've learned about Caribbean Heritage Month is, you know, um, I was born and raised in Jamaica. I went to high school. I left half, high school halfway through and then moved here. And then I went to high school here, which was a completely different experience. And I feel like my time at Wingate was just so, I mean, it was my zone school and most immigrant kids who come up, you know, right before school start, because that's what the parents then plan, right? They're traveling mm-hmm. the summer or some are right before school for start. So you can't start school in time for September. And when that happens, you have to kind of pick your zone school. 
Mm-hmm. to go and so Wingate became the de facto zone school for anyone living in the Flatbush East Flatbush area type mm-hmm. depending on where and just that experience alone having teachers from different islands I remember Miss Sylvester was from Grenada um, had like Jamaican teachers and they would talk and you know it was just mm-hmm. it was it was important uh, there was one Jamaican teacher that know my mother I cannot forget when I went to school to get my report card that my mother see me I said Steve and so uh, Marcia, and blah 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 <laughs> so I mean those things are just like really really important you know to make that connection now you know like when you, you know, like in, in Jamaican parties, you know, back then, you know, you have a little soca segment and your endurance could be that long. Now your endurance is a little longer because you know that you had a lot more people from other islands in the party. So the soca segment tend right. to get a little longer or you went right. to soca parties. So, you know, the Jamaican now can endure and, and can do fit and version of whining, you know, because whining mm-hmm. vary from island to island. It depends mm-hmm. on your yeah, wine, stone wine, and to which wine you the wine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. You know, but, you know, I, it's, it's being in Brooklyn, it's being in the Northeastern Quarter and experiencing Labor Day and all of these things that um, allows you to see, you know, the, the connectedness, but at the, the uniqueness at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's being on the islands, is, it's, it's much harder to see that because you're surrounded by other Jamaicans, you know, and, and, you know, I know people travel to different islands, but you know, it, it, it's much harder to see it when you're on the island. It's not until you come into like a bigger space mm-hmm. where you, you can see, you know, how much the culture is important, how much of a, a powerful block or region we can be, but you know, that's for a whole different conversation. Culture, 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 sweet. We might need to come back and do a part two, but thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with the style and vibes family. Thank you for having me. I know I'm going to, and I'm just going to insert myself in several episodes. Of course, it's always good having a great conversation. Thank you so much again. And, you know, we'll definitely do this again. <laughs> All right. Later. Bye. It's always great talking to Tigzeb with Carrie, you know. Sharing stories about Caribbean heritage comes so natural to both of us. It's important that we stay up to the time culturally while recognizing our rich history and keeping it going with the next generation. Thanks for listening. Do me a favor, leave an honest rating and review for the podcast in Apple Podcasts. It's greatly appreciated and it will help the show rank in iTunes. We want top ranking around here, you know. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style and Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit styleandvibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at Style and Vibes. Until next time, Leah Tommy peeps.